Hi there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Cloud-Based Mayhem. My conversation today is with Burkhard Martins, Berkey, who wrote the very famous Bible that I'm sure most of you have. And if you don't, or if you haven't read it, you must go out and get it today. Check out the show notes. There's a link. It is terrific. It first came out in 2005, and the third edition was just published in collaboration with XE Mag, and they have upgraded it and updated it and new pictures and some new illustrations and but the principles are all exactly the same as they were back in 2005 and they have been for thousands of years and it's all how thermals work and how we can use them to go big and go far and have more success in what we do it's incredibly densely packed book it was one of those that when i first started flying in 2004 and kind of started getting into xc year later or so I just would read and then read it again and then read it again and read it again it's kind of complicated stuff when you're first starting to fly and then it becomes a little bit second nature but it's a terrific book and we had a lot of fun chatting and I always am so impressed with folks who can do this have these conversations in very much a second language but Berkey was great we had a blast and we don't touch too much on the book we talk more about just his career and his passion and he and his wife chasing it around the world since 1989 and it was a lot of fun and I think you'll enjoy it. So without further delay, enjoy this talk with Burkhard Martins, the author of Thermal Flying and several others. Cheers. Berkey, it's it's great to have you on the show. I feel I feel actually badly that I haven't had you on earlier. You were my, uh, you were, uh, you didn't know this, but you were my mentor back when I got into the sport uh, in two thousand four. <laughs> your your book in two thousand six was uh, was a bible for me. I I just read no, it. Really? I, I would read it and then I would read it over and then I would read it over and you know because when you're new to the sport, these concepts are quite difficult and and yeah. uh, and they you know it's you you have uh put it in a way that that people with very little experience can really understand and now you know more than 16 years later and four yeah. x alps and all the stuff that i've done in the sport uh i just got your new edition the 2021 third edition yeah. and uh, just a couple of days ago so i haven't had a chance to go through the whole thing but it, i yes. i'm reminded by um, just still how valuable and dense it is with so many wonderful concepts on how to go up. So congratulations. It's been quite a journey, yes. I'm sure, for you. Yeah, thank you for the nice words. <laughs> I I, <laughs> I wanted to, you know, right in the opening of the book, you've got kind of a new forward from you. Yeah, you started in the late eighties. You were the, you were an OG. You were a gangster back in the days. You've been at this a long time. (laughs) Can you give me a little bit of your pre writing the book? Ah, this is a, a long story. I, I started flying eight, 89 and uh, very fast. For, I was an engineer. It was my job and I was flying for four years. And then, then I stopped my engineer job and only flying. It was flying was my life. First, I, I started um, at UP. I was a selling manager from UP. And so 
I got to uh, to a lot of schools and I know a lot of schools in Germany and all all in Europe. And after some years uh, at the school, it was uh, now not at the school at the UP and and also area I have done the the selling. Uh, so I knew a lot of schools and then I started my own school with a friend together. Hmm. And uh, the whole time I, I was flying uh, competitions and a lot of cross country. But when you are running a paragliding school, then you don't have time to, to fly a lot. Sure. If you have bad bad weather then you make a theory with the students and and you know, and then you have time but in in bad weather so um and and this was all together 11 years four years of selling and seven years of school uh, paragliding school and then um in this time i was writing a lot of articles in in magazines in the German DHV and and uh, former times it was a Gleitsche magazine and uh, once I was running uh, it was uh, sixteen articles over over two years in the magazine and then people came to me and uh, asked me hey take all your articles you have written and then you have a book. Hmm. But when you are when you are uh, running a paragliding school, you don't have time yeah, to, sure. to do this. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of work. So after seven years of uh, running the school, I was selling my my part of the schools, and I it took me it took me one year. Um, and in this year, I have done the layout, the concept for a paragliding book. And the problem, the problem was uh, with my concept. I was looking for a publisher, and and I could not find one. And yeah, then was the next problem. I have spent nearly one year for the layout for 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 to do the book, but nobody want to publish this. <laughs> and then was yeah, yeah, and and I was uh, I was thinking this should be the best book ever and and um yeah what to do and cancel the the whole um the whole thing or, or do it all by my own and then i tried uh, to do it by my own the, in this time the um, digital photography was coming on and then i i was doing some uh, different courses, advanced courses for me. Uh, once one was to uh, to make a writing course, how to write. Then uh, Adobe InDesign, how to to, to make a make <laughs> oh, a layout. And, and yeah, and 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 um, the pictures, how how to make the pictures and uh, how to work with the pictures with Adobe Photoshop. And so I have done oh, advanced courses in all these three things. And then I take the next uh, nearly nearly a year to to write, to lay out, to set the whole book in in German language. Yeah, and this was yeah. And in two thousand four, I have uh, brought out the first edition of of the thermal flying in German language. So you you self published it. It was something you did totally on your own. Yes, ev everything I have done by my own. Oh my gosh! The, the, I don't know if you know this, but I I just did my own book, my my first book through yeah. Cross Country Magazine. But I can't imagine. I mean, they did so much of the heavy lifting. I just had to write, you know, and they did yeah. all the stuff that you're talking about. I mean, if I had to do all that, there, I'd be 
10% through right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and when, when the book was ready, uh, I, I was gone to a printer and they printed me 7,000 books. And then a big truck came and brought me 7,000 books to my home. <laughs> this, um, <laughs> it's, it was, yeah, eight eight tons eight tons of of books were oh, um, gosh yeah if, and yeah this was very interesting because i don't know how to sell so many books uh, i i'm <laughs> on my own and um but this in my time i was selling uh, to all the german schools the the paragliders from european area i i haven't known uh, the most of the schools in German language, the, the Austrian and German. Mm. And so I, they had a very good contact with a lot of them. And the normal books they are selling over, over the books in the, uh, in the cities. And, and, but my book was uh, very, uh, very special for, for the small paragliding uh, scene. Yeah, and so very the, specific. Yeah, and so the most selling uh, I have done was over the paragliding schools. And because I know the most of the schools, the selling started very, very fast, very, very uh, high, high quality uh, quantities. Mm, okay. So, so, yeah. And then well, a very funny, funny thing was I want to sell the book to, through the DHV, the German hang gliding. Uh, association mm -hmm. and they said uh if the book uh, in the second edition we will sell it because there are some mistakes inside and uh, we want to sell a perfect book and i said oh shit the dhv is the most important reseller for me i was thinking and they said no we don't sell your book <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh then yeah but but the enthusiasm between in the paragliding scene was so so great so enormous that i sold the 7000 books in 2 years jeez that's this amazing is, wow th yeah this is incredible much yeah. and the second edition the dhv was also selling my book well, very there funny <laughs> there you go so were you, were you just did you have a little uh, a little uh, car and you're just loading it up and delivering it all to, to all these schools and driving around germany <laughs> was that how you did it in the, beginning? So, so, in the first time uh, i have a, a camper van and mm. i i'm flat and i i said i stopped with the school and so i have the time to write the book and then sell the book and I was flying a, a very, very much in that time and uh, traveling a, a lot with my camper van. And every time when I started, I put a lot of books in my camper van. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was visit, visiting the schools, uh, show them the book. And, and they, uh, they, every, every school took, took 10 books in, in one row. And it's been, I didn't realize this until I got this, this edition, but it's been translated into a bunch of different languages. You know, mine's only in English now and that that's the plan in a year they'll do German and another year they'll do French. It'll, you know, it'll take a while, but have all those different translations yeah. also been very successful? Cause that's a lot of effort, effort to, to make a, a, a whole, to translate a whole book. Yeah. Um, 
because of the big success in the first years, uh, I I want uh, I asked the cross country magazine if they want to translate my book into English language. Uh, the risk was too great for them, they said. And I said, hey, it's the best book ever. And, and the selling in Germany is absolutely high. And they, they don't want to do uh, that and to take the risk. Mm. So I said, oh, then I have to translate it. Uh, Mats Sindergaard, yeah. I know, know from competition flying, he said, yes, he can do that. So he translated and I have also done the layout, the concept, the InDesign and only the whole text Mats translated and I have done the first English version also on my own. Oof. Burkhardt, tell me what the you know, the main differences between the previous edition and this edition is? Well, there are not so many things new there. I, I, I will read you some things I have to uh, saw. I, I saw. There are new fonts, but better readable. Then there are some corrections in pronunciation. Some small pictures are now bigger and better understandable. But, but this... Uh, only li little things. The layout at some places is clearer and better to understand, or some some new diagrams, but not not a lot. And and, and nice. Um, Ed Ewing has written two pages about about uh, world weather forecast. It's uh, completely new. Yeah, these are all these are all great things. I'm going to take it with me tomorrow when I go to Turkey. I don't usually bring books, but I look forward to <laughs> I look forward to re-exploring and reacquainting myself with your book when when I'm in Turkey uh -huh. at the World Cup. I think it'll it'll be great. Yeah. How is your livelihood now? Is it just through the book, or is it through a combination? It was a combination. Uh, I don't was running a school, but I have done a lot of courses and. Um, cross-country courses, thermal flying mm. courses. Uh, I've done some holiday trips with uh, paragliders, cross-country and thermal flying courses, and selling the books. Mm. Uh, and because the, the selling was so great, there was also uh, uh, the possibility, possibility to earn the money with this. Mm. Yes. Berkey, in your, in your arc of your flying that started in the late 80s and your time at yeah. UP and then the writing of the book and all the additions and translations uh, you also yeah. you also really chased or still do I don't know but it chased you know big distance and records and competitions and x contest yes. yeah. has you have you been able to remain passionate uh, and very keen on the sport throughout or have there been kind of ups and downs yeah i have ups and downs uh, i was very enthusiastic and motivated to fly cross country and and also long long time competitions and i got four, four times german champion in in cross country flying uh, downs uh I, I had an accident, could a half year not fly, but when I could fly again, I was a full-time full -time pilot. Okay. Okay. So not that many downs. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly <ups>. No. No. <laughs> and yes. And I was motivated and also traveling. Uh, I love traveling and see new, new flying sites and 
yeah, fly, flying is my world. And and your your wife is a pilot, correct? Yeah, she's also a very very a very good pilot. She all was Bavarian champion in paragliding. Wow! So did you did you both meet through paragliding? Uh, yes, yes, we meet. Not the first first meet was not with paragliding. She was looking for for a new uh, place place to live in my hometown, and ah. she asked me to put to put a paper on on the window of my uh, school. Ah. <laughs> fate uh, sounds like fate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but but she is. I met her in, um, in the mid mid nineties, but she was also is also flying since eighty nine. Wow, really? Holy yeah. cow! And yes. do, do you do you have kids? No, we don't have kids. If, if you had kid, if you had kids, would you get them into flying? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes, I think. Seems like it with mom and dad flying. Yeah. Hey, is that yeah. is that ever um difficult on a relationship with with both of you being pilots just in terms of the risk and time it takes or is it kind of work together and and works okay? Oh, it's more work together, have the same uh hobby, do the same things. Mm. Beautiful. And we are also also since some years um, very big fans of mountain biking, but but mm. also bozo. So, in the moment we are traveling, flying, and and biking. Wow! And are you both still chasing distance quite a bit? Or you still do you do any competition still, or is that more? No, I I I stopped uh, competition some some years ago. Um, the last years we also have done uh, two books, written two books in the mountain bike scene. Oh wow! Oh wow! Okay, so yeah, the, and and you work collaboratively on the books together, you, you and your wife. Um, on that books we are working together, mm. and uh, the new editions for for thermal flying or the German version uh, I'm doing by my own. Okay, okay. Um, let's dive into your book. I. I don't. I can't imagine there's too many pilots out there that don't have a copy of your book. Uh, you, you said something interesting in the last couple of weeks when we were putting this together. You, which I think is is a really good thing. You said, you know, actually, there's not a lot of new information in the new edition, which really means that you covered uh, you covered a lot of ground in the in the one back in 2005. And as you say in the book, that you know. Wing design has changed radically since those days, yeah. um, but the concepts are still, you know, the same that we would have done in the 1800s had we had these wings. <laughs> you know, thermals <laughs> thermals still work as they're supposed to work. But uh, yeah, the uh, the flying with the new wings is a little bit different. But sure. the pr principle of of the thermals, uh, the principle is the same since uh, since a thousand of years, I think. The the sun is heating the ground. The ground is uh, heating the air, and the air ri ri is rising up. Yeah, and all all things what has to do with this is is the same. How did how did writing the book improve your own flying? Because the, I mean there. There is a ton of information there, and I I know that most pilots, you know, once they once they have a few hundred hours, they unless they're unless they're a meteorologist, we all have 
kind of understandings of things like lapse rate and all, all the little things that we yeah. learn in, in in flying that but they're very detailed yeah. in the book and i'm i can't imagine you did you have all of that knowledge and just put it on paper or i would imagine there was quite a bit of your own research and and especially doing with the with the the drawings and the um illustrations to uh, you, yeah. you've taken our invisible world which we cannot see uh, and, yeah. and put it in a book that's a really hard that's a big bridge to cross yeah yeah because i'm flying so much i have a lot of experience by my own especially very interested in uh, experience i have written down and but but first i was studying all, all books i can can get mm. from the sailplanes from the deltas and from the hang gliders uh, from or from the paragliders there was not so many and i was studying all books i can get in my hands i think the secret of the um, uh, of the of the book because it's so successful is uh, the way i i am learning i was writing the book in that way uh, have a picture or a diagram, a, a sketch, and and small words to explain what is uh, seen in the diagram, sketches, or the pictures, and use easy words to, to explain complicated things. Mm. Mm. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, and because of the experience you said, there all experience I am doing in the air. I said, oh, what what's that? How can I uh, bring this uh, information on a picture when I can not do a picture, then I make a diagram and, and to explain these things. Did you do all the illustrations and diagrams too? You did all that as yes. well? Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some, <laughs> some diagrams should, should be uh, new done in the next uh, edition, but uh <laughs> Yeah, but I have done everything by my own. Holy cow, that's a proper labor of love. I can't imagine. There's 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 so yeah. much there. When you're thinking back to your school days when you have a school, what what are the what are the concepts with new pilots that you think are most important? What and it not necessarily even thermaling, just just in terms of Okay, you, you're very excited. You're coming here to learn how to fly. Here are the three most important things you need to know about this sport, about your your future, your undertaking. Uh, the most important thing is that uh, that they should fly sa safely, that they should not have accidents, and uh, the, the most important thing: the weather is stronger than you. Hmm. Be the, yeah, the weather is the most important thing in, in flying. Strong thermals is, is bad. Uh, the lee side is very bad. And to, to explain that, and not only to explain, then they should they should learn and, and they should do it. Mm. And these are the two different things. Mm. Yeah, they yeah. should not only know that, they should uh, do that, what I say. Right, right. Follow, yeah. follow the instructions. Don't get too <laughs> – don't go out yeah. on a limb too much in the beginning. Interesting. Yeah. The, I, I used to say something that was very wrong in this, in this podcast often, and I don't know where I even picked that up. But I, I used to say, you know, once, once you get 
a sufficient amount of hours and you're you're flying a lot of comps and you're you're very current. You have a lot of currency with your your flying. And maybe this is just how I felt in my own flying, but the the thermaling becomes kind of second nature and the the gliding is is what I have always found maybe a little bit more tricky. Certainly trickier to explain. You know, how how Kriegel glides is is a, is a very it's an intrinsic thing that he feels, you know, he's, he's, yeah. that, that he, that's very difficult to pass off. But the, the really good pilots that are consistently at the top of, you know, the World Cup and that kind of thing, they all say, no, 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 it's actually, you know, thermaling is still the most important thing and the hardest thing because it's just to get really good at it, you know, to go from that 96% efficiency to 100 is, is really, really, really hard. You know, at that level, at the really high levels, most most all the pilots technically are pretty close to one another, but that one, 2% makes a big difference. Yeah. And, and I'd, I'd yeah. love to just Pre- get your thoughts on that, that it's that, um, I mean, you, you have really focused in your book on climbing and which is obviously the most important, but my, my own career path, I guess, whatever, my own journey through paragliding, I'm really back to the climbing. I, 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 and your, your book is refreshing in that regard. There's, there's a lot there to try to master. Yeah. Yeah. It's not only the climbing, it's also the gliding. You are, you are completely right about, um, yeah, you, a good thing is to, to fly a lot, to fly competitions and then you learn very fast. Mm. Mm, yes, because when others climb better than you, you know you've got more to work on. <laughs> yes, yes, and then you can then you see it at once. <gasps> Berkey, I'm I'm looking at yeah. you know your book right now, and I just thought yeah. you know, there's so many different things. It's just in a podcast we obviously can't go through it, but I'd love to just know after all these years, more than 15 years now, what. What chapters yeah. do you yourself return to? What what are the what are the concepts that you find for your for your own flying and flying with your friends are the ones that are kind of more critical, more um, they they play a bigger role in in what we do. For the beginners, I, I think is uh, uh, the thermal how the thermal is rising, what the thermal is doing. It's the circling. Uh, there are so many different things in these rising uh, thermals, and also where, where the point, the trigger points where the thermal starts. This is for the beginners, but and the the other is, is this gliding uh, and to be safe. It's the weather part. And all, yeah, everything is important if you get a complete pilot. Mm. Yeah, the, you you kind of touched on the 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 mental aspect. You know, as you get as you get more hours, you get more respect for the sport. <laughs> you understand more yeah. the risks. You know, in the beginning, you don't really have much of an idea. You, you, people tell you it's risky, but you don't understand. Yeah, the the real me- mental task. Uh, I have not so many words for this. Uh, the, the for me, the mental. If you want to fly a lot, then you are in a good mind to uh, to uh, to get it uh, or to be a good pilot. Mm. That's a good. Let's go with that. What what does to you? What is the definition of a good pilot? Uh, de- depends on 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 the thing. 
Till Gottbrad, a good friend of mine, yeah. he said uh, he had, had never an accident. He's fl flying 30 years and had, has never an accident. Mm. This is a good pilot. He's also a good cross-country pilot, but not, not on the world level. The world level, they are also very good pilots, but a lot of them had also accidents. Mm. Some, yeah. some, yeah. He, he was, I, I had him on the show and uh, still one of the things that he said uh, kind of offhand is, has really helped change my outlook. He was talking about his flatland flying and, and he said, you know, most of the time he's the first off the hill. And so he'll go to a play, you know, on, on, <laughs> on a good day. And he, he, in other words, he's taking the most risk of anybody in terms of just okay trying to get the most out of that day, you know, so he'll, he'll fly yeah. first. And he said, you know, and sometimes I get it wrong and I land 10 minutes later and I said, oh, that must been, that must be so discouraging, you know, on a really good day that you, you, uh, you, you went too early and, and you bomb out and he said, oh, Gavin, no, that that's not discouraging at all. I, I had a, I had a, <laughs> I had a safe flight. I landed safely and now I get to go do something else yes. wonderful with the day. It, it, you could, but he, you yeah. could tell it was intrinsic to him. He, he really didn't care that he'd bombed out. It was just totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In, in, the in the first years I was motivate motivated and i would today i would say i was over motivated yeah. the thinking is i i'm stronger than the nature i want to go there and with full power and i go there and so that was the reason of my accident where i could half a year not fly yeah when you are getting older you're getting more uh not so motivated to to get a big risk if the air is too too turbulent i i, I go for landing and said oh this, other pilots are flying and but now i go land and said well they should fly it's not my weather <laughs> so my so but with this motivation motivation i cannot win again the the cross country i think <laughs> there for this uh, for, or competitions for this uh, or the X Alps. There you have to be more motivated than me now. Yeah, it was interesting. I just did a. a it's not up yet, but I just did a, a recording with with Torsten Siegel um, right after yeah. the super final. He's back in in Canada, and and I, I understand. I, I watched the whole thing on online, and and but I, I understand it was. No one got hurt. They didn't have any accidents, but it was pretty dicey. It sounded, you know, a lot of wingtip right on the rock and quite a bit of wind. And, yeah. and you know, it was a super final in the mountains, which was a first for that. And so, you know, I have since talked to a couple others who came back from it who were very much, you know, they were struggling with their decision making in that, yeah. you know, they did it and, but they don't know if they should have done it. It was, it was, yeah, kind of too much, you know. It's the kind of flying where it doesn't matter how much skill you have. If something goes wrong, you're in real trouble, you know. When you're that close to the terrain and uh, taking that kind of risk, which you know is is something I think we all at certain different points of our flying you have to come to terms with. How much are you willing to take? Yeah, the the question is how many risk you will take. Yeah, yeah. You you mentioned age. Uh, do do you think that's a product of age, or do you think that's a product of, and maybe it's a combination of just your years in the sport? 
I, I, I'm flying since 89, but I started with, with tw uh, 28 or 27. So it's not the age, uh, it's, it's more the, the airtime. It's more the years you are flying. Mm. Uh, for, for me, for me, it's that. Okay. So, so you're, the, the, the more you've flown, the less it, it's just, okay, I don't need to push it as hard because I've done that. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, for me, I have reached everything in the sports, uh, I, I can do, and I'm very happy with the things, what I have done. And now I'm happy with nice flying, little, doing little cross country, doing evening flight, make a walk and a walk and fly and uh, these are nice things I, do, I don't want anymore to fly 10 hours and more mm. was it was it hard to leave the competition scene and 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 back off is it, i mean is it in, in other words is it harder to pursue the sport when there aren't the big goals no it was no it was not hard for, for me um it's the time was finished for the competitions for me. Mm. It was it was fine, and uh, the competitions were not my uh, very favorite. It was more the cross country flying. Mm. Mm. Uh, for for me to make my own flight, not in the hurry with all all the others together. Yeah, mm. the main thing I I loved was the cross country flying for my own. Huh? What's the What's the best place you've ever flown? If you could walk out the door today and and repeat a flight, what, where would it be? Oh, this is hard to say. Be <laughs> um, Fifteen years ago, uh, it was very clear. It was, I was saying it's the Dolomites. The panorama flying in the Dolomites was the best. Then I was um, in. I felt in love with with fish, uh, Switzerland. Uh, yes. So many big triangles I have flown there. In the last years, I loved more uh, South Tyrol, mm. the the area and spike boat. Whole South Tyrol, Antholz, yeah, and that's yeah, it's just, that's yeah, uh, Antholz, the spike boden was my favorite for a long time. I think the yeah. last time, and I don't know if you know this, but I, I'm pretty sure we met at Spike Bowden a bunch of years ago, and it was I was there with my friend Bruce Marks, who unfortunately is no longer with us, but he was he supported I, me in the first couple X Alps, and I'm pretty sure I, I, met. I met Bruce in Fish. Did you? Yeah, he used to fly uh, fish a yeah. lot. He used to fly some, fish a some, some some years ago. Yeah, yeah. He loved fish. He loved the, trying that, that, yeah, yeah. that triangle over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and the Dolomites are awful special. That's a that's a that's an amazing part of the world. Yeah. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give some questions to you that came from our audience in a survey we did this last fall that are uh, answer them as long or short as you want. Uh, best and worst wing you've ever flown. <laughs> the worst, the worst wing. <laughs> yeah, the best and uh, the worst. If you can remember from you know '89, you've flown just about all of them. <laughs> uh, the the best wing uh, I won 2004 uh, for me the first time the um, the German cross country uh, competition and this was with a gin gin glider 
and uh, I I love this so much. But uh, today the performance is not very good if you compare with 2004. But this was my lovely wing, and. Mm. And in the moment, or some years ago, it was the Chili 3 from Skywalk. It was climbing so perfect. Uh, yeah, since I think six years, I'm not flying competition wings anymore. I'm flying uh, ENB or ENC. And you know, not competitions, more for me. Mm, mm. So the Chili 3 was the best climbing machine ever. Mm. I've heard that's a good one. And what about the what about the what about the worst? Oh, I could not say the worst. Uh, no, no. Uh, to, not, to the not time I was flying the glider, <laughs> I, I, I after some flights, I loved all of them. Ah, excellent, excellent. Good answer. Good answer. So um, I'm, I, you know, I'm sponsored from Skyworks the last ten years. And I'm not looking so much about other other companies. Sure. Uh, I look what what Skywalk. I take the B or the Z or the C glider or what I like to have. And after some flights, I I'm very happy with the glider. Mm. Berkey, thinking thinking back to when you were in the the competition years or just into, you know, the 10 hour flights when you were really going big. Yeah. Um, one of the questions that, that someone wanted me to ask you is what was your, what was your process from the beginning to the end in the preparation for the flight? In other words, you know, getting ready for it. Did it start the day before or the week before? What was the, what were the, what were the steps that you would take to, uh, prepare either your mind, your body or whatever for a big flight from spike boat. You know, you're going to do, go do the Antholtz FAI. Yeah. When, um, when we first pl planned the, the big flights, uh, we, I have done this in the winter time. What, what is possible? What is a good strategy? What, what are the good lines? And then, yeah, then waiting for the good weather. And when you see the good weather is coming, um, I'm, Every time when I will do a big flight, I'm the day before at the mountain. I don't uh, run in the morning, or drive in the night, and then go to the mountain. I'm every time on the f day before on the mountain mm, to okay. have to 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 relax to to go in my head through through the flight. What I will do? Yeah. So I prepared mental the day before the next day i hope the weather will be so good as is uh as i hope mm, mm. that's that's good advice yeah but but the planning is is uh long be long before yeah okay what can you think when you think back on your career what tip what was something you learned from another pilot or your wife or at a competition what was the what was the one thing that you learned that made the biggest difference in your success, in your ability to stay in the sky, in your ability to go farther. What was what was the thing that made the most impact on your uh, flying? Um, no, normally, I am. I'm also in the hurry when I'm flying, and and sometimes you have to stay at a at a place and wait for the good high to cross a big valley. Sometimes uh, I'm not at the cloud base and the valley crossing is very long. 
in, no, in the first years, I started the crossing. And also, I, I have done this when it was not the uh, perfect high to do that. So stay calm and wait for the next thermal, what brings you two, three hundred meters more high, and then go. And this is not my, my favorite thing. Normally, I don't wait and I cross. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that I learned from Thorsten Hane. Uh, he said, okay. oh, don't be in this hurry. Don't wait, wait for the right time. That's, yeah, that's great advice. What should, you, you talked about this a little bit already, but the, what should beginners avoid? Is they, you know, the less than 200 hour pilots, what, what should they, what, what's, what's a good arc for them early on? Mm. They should think that they should not fly in, in bad weather or conditions. If there's um, not in the strong lee sites, if they have a lot of uh, experience, um, every pilot, all pilots are flying in, in lee sites in the, if it is not too strong. But if the wind, for me, I said in the mountains, the wind is stronger on the rich level than more than 20k never never go on the lee side mm. if, if it is only 10k and there are good thermals okay then you can go but but i don't know where is the border do it and do it not be yeah. be careful and don't fall down hmm. that's a good one we had to, we have to break that yeah. rule a lot in the x alps especially this year yes holy, yeah holy smoke I, I, we were I, flying I, in so much wind it was just absurd it was crazy Yes, I know that, and that's the reason I will never join you at the XIPS. <laughs> <laughs> they, they are all XIPS pilots are crazy. Yeah, that's, that's true. But this if you're not a... crazy, you don't have to start there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, then you have no chance. <laughs> <laughs> solid, solid. Um, okay, this is a good one. What was or still is the hardest or most demanding thing that you needed to learn or still need to learn. You, you just talked about, you know, you were impetuous for many years and would leave too low. You wouldn't wait for the proper height to do a, uh, a crossing, but has there been anything else that's been a real, you know, for example, mine is I reverse turn way too much and I always have, I always, you know, I'm going right now. Oh, I think I'm, I can get it better to the left. I'm trying really hard to stop that. But, uh, you know, is there anything uh -huh. like that, that you, um, have found difficult to course correct in your own flying? Oh, I, I think this is a, uh, mental, mental thing mm. to be in the, in the head clear. I, want to fly big distance and uh, I will do that and I'm motivated and then this is the most important thing to be successful to fly far and yeah mm. this is the most important thing be clear in the head and you the mental thing you will do that mm. Mm. Burkhardt, it's been a real yeah. joy. It's it's uh, it's it's great to connect with you. Like I said, you are a, a hero for me. Your your book <laughs> has has had a massive impact on on my own flying. It's a joy to see that there's this new 
third edition uh, out yeah. 16 years after or something like that after the after the first. And so congratulations. I hope sales continue to go uh, great and all the best to you and your wife as you travel around and explore the sky. Yeah, thank, thank you very much. I'm very happy uh, to speak with you. Uh, I saw you and then on the X Alps, and it was very fun to see all the good pilots to do that big thing. <laughs> yeah, like you said, we are all yeah. crazy, but <laughs> yeah, but guilty no, as charged. I was a lot, lot time on the computer to watch you all. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good time waster for everybody, for us too, for a couple of weeks every year. Yeah. Uh, Thank you, Burkhardt. Appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. If you find the cloud-based mayhem valuable, you can support it in a lot of different ways. You can give us a rating on iTunes or Stitcher or however you get your podcast. That goes a long ways and helps spread the word. You can blog about it on your own website or share it on social media. You can talk about it on the way up to launch with your pilot friends. I know a lot of interesting conversations have happened that way. And of course, you can support us financially. This show does take a lot of time, a lot of editing, a lot of storage and music and all kinds of behind the scenes cost. So if you can support us financially, all we've ever asked for is a buck a show. And you can do that through a one-time donation through PayPal, or you can set up a subscription service that charges you for each show that comes out. We put a new show out every two weeks. So for example, if you did a buck a show and every two weeks, it'd be about $25 a year. So way cheaper than a magazine subscription and it makes all of this possible. Uh, I do not want to fund this show with advertising or sponsors. We get asked about that uh, pretty frequently, but I, for a whole bunch of different reasons, which I've said many times on the show, I don't want to do that. I don't like having that stuff at the front of the show. And I also want you to know that these are authentic conversations with real people, and these are just our opinions, but our opinions are not being skewed by sponsors or advertising dollars. I think that's a pretty toxic business model. So I hope you dig that. Um, you can support us. If you go to cloudbasedmayhem.com, you can find the places to support. You can do it through patreon.com forward slash cloudbasedmayhem. If you want a recurring subscription, you can also do that directly through the website. Uh, we've tried to make it really easy, and that will give you access to all the bonus material, little video casts that we do and extra little uh, nuggets that we find in conversations that don't make it into the main show, but we feel like you should hear. We don't put any of that behind a paywall. If you can't afford to support us then just let me know and i'll set you up with an account of course that'll be lifetime and hopefully and you're being in a position someday to be able to support us but you'll find all that on the website uh, all of you who have supported us or even joined our newsletter or bought cloud-based mayhem merchandise t-shirts or hats or anything you should be all set up you should have an account and you should be able to access all that bonus material now thank you so much for listening i really appreciate your support and we'll see you on the next show thank you